Well, hello everybody. This is Hal. And this is Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. We're going to talk about practical stuff today, Hal. We are talking so practical today. We've Not too long ago, we talked about some of the benefits we saw when our young people graduated from high school and moved on to a more independent state. And for, for all of our guys, it's not a universal thing, but for all of our guys, that's meant going from high school to college. And the benefits that we've seen beyond just the academic and career things that you look for. Um, but, well, you know, we, we're talking about this today because we're actually, we're away from home this weekend. We are taking our fifth son mm-hmm. to college. Right. Our fifth son. Number five, our wow. fifth graduate going off to college. And... and, you know, what we want to talk about is one of the things that I hear people say when we talk about, you know, our kids have wanted to do professional things that required that they go to college. Not mm-hmm. everybody has to go to college. No. Our world is in dire need of more tradesmen, people that can do HVAC and mm-hmm. plumbing and electric work and construction. Right. Our world needs lots more people like that. Yeah. But if you're going into a professional field, you really don't have a choice but to get a college degree. That's what opens doors. And and the practical matter of that is an awful lot of, of what you do on a day-to-day basis is what you learn once you get to the job. But you're not going to get the opportunity to start the job unless you have certain qualifications or certifications that they look for kind of as, as gatekeepers or as proofs that you're a serious person that can that can persist in a project. So, but you know what I hear people say all the time, mm-hmm. Hal, is well, we just can't do that. We don't have the money to send our kids to college, and we don't want them to go into debt. Well, that describes us. Well, we no, we don't want to go into debt, and, and we don't have the money. In fact, very few people in our station of life have that kind of money. College is extremely expensive, I think, in large measure because of the availability of easy loans. That's economics one hundred and one. When you have a limited supply of things and you have a larger supply of money chasing after them prices go up prices just naturally go up to to mop up all that excess money and that's what's happened and you know i think it's terrifying to people because when we went to college Mm -hmm. maybe three thousand dollars a year would cover everything yeah it that that was about three thousand a year would cover i went to a, a state university and that covered tuition and room and board the only thing i had to pay beyond that was for books yeah. and and three thousand a year you know now for a state university even in, in north carolina there is a constitutional requirement that the university of north carolina keep the tuition and fees as low as possible and so they you know they have some some breaks on their expansion there and even in North Carolina, what what is it like at North Carolina State or something like that? Do you recall? Because we've had people that applied there. Well, I tell you what, it can cost tens of thousands of dollars now. And in fact, yes, college is usually somewhere between twenty and fifty thousand dollars a year per year. And I think when people see that, they just think that's impossible. I know I did, yeah. mm-hmm. but I want to say this. Okay, stay with me just a minute. I. Our fourth son is going to graduate from college this year, and all four of our college graduates will have graduated with zero debt. Zero. Mm-hmm. Right. Not any. No mm-hmm. college debt at all. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. How do you get money for college without going into debt? Because there's money in the equation somewhere. I mean, it doesn't just 
they don't just open the door and let people in. Somebody is picking up the bill. But how do you connect your individual student with the sources of funding so that it doesn't, so that you don't end up with what amounts to purchasing a new home every four years as your students graduate and go off to college? Well, I think the first thing is to realize, is to start looking and mm-hmm. to, to realize that it's possible. Because I think that when people hear those giant numbers, it just seems so impossible. They just write off and they say, we can't do that. And so first, mm-hmm. believe it's possible. Mm-hmm. I think second is go out and look for some of the financial aid calculators, like at Fine Aid, F-I-N-A-I-D. I think it's .com. It might be .org. Mm-hmm. But look for the financial aid calculators and put your numbers in. Because I think a lot of homeschoolers will be surprised to find out that according to the world's calculations, they are considered poor. I I know I was surprised at that because we have eight children and we know that's kind of exceptional. And so when you start looking at the numbers, when you look at the official, you know, poverty threshold or those kind of things, you, you realize really quickly that what the federal government expects is that each individual child is going to cost the same amount. Like you went out and bought all new stuff for each child. Right. Which, you know, doesn't happen. You don't buy Uh-oh. eight cribs. You don't buy, you know, there, there's some things that you have to be new for each child, but a lot of it is handed down, reused, recycled. Mm-hmm. And so the the amount of money that the government thinks it takes to raise eight children is unbelievable. And so for, you know, the average homeschool family has four children. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll find that when you put your numbers in that you qualify for a lot more government aid than you think. Now, mm-hmm. government aid, everybody's, the flags go the, up. Yeah, the exactly. The red light starts flashing. Yeah. Now, what we're talking about there is in order to get any financial aid at all mm-hmm. at nearly, at the vast majority of colleges, there are a few exceptions, mm-hmm. Grove City and Hillsdale are two of them, um, but at the vast majority of colleges, to get any aid, you're going to have to fill out what's called the FAFSA. Okay, now that is, the, what is, that's F-A-F-S-A, it's all caps, and what does that stand for? I don't know, something like federal application. I think it's the free applications free application for, for federal student aid or something, yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. I believe it's something But like it's that. at FAFSA.gov, F-A-F-S-A.gov. Okay. And you will fill that out, and this is a change. If you had older children, and now you're starting over with younger children... It used to be that you couldn't fill it out until January of their, until after you filed your taxes in, in spring of your kid's senior year. That's not true anymore. Now it's mm-hmm. fall of their senior year. Which is why this is very timely. Because, folks, if you've got somebody graduating in next May, uh, we're recording this in August. Why would we think about this in August? It's because the deadlines for consideration for financial aid have moved back earlier yeah. and earlier into the fall. So stay tuned. You're going to hear a lot that you need to know. Yes. And so people who have a senior this year will fill out the FAFSA this fall mm-hmm. based on, this is 2019, based on 2018's taxes. So the last income tax return that you filed, the one that you filed back last April, is the one that's going to be referred to this fall. Right, and that's a change. Okay. And so, but colleges will require you to fill that out because they, you know, they don't want to give you financial aid from their college coffers if you can get free stuff from the government. Now, the 
what is this free stuff? There's a couple of things that, that filling out that FAFSA may qualify you for. You may get a Pell Grant. A Pell Grant mm-hmm. is money that the government will provide toward your child's college education. It's like it can be up to five or six thousand dollars a year. Right. And you don't pay it back. It's a it's, it's a, a grant. grant. It's and that's, a gift. That's an important thing to re- to recognize. There's a difference between a grant, which is basically a gift to the student. It you receive it, you say thank you, and that's the end of it. You don't you don't have to pay it back or worry about it. That's as opposed to a loan which is a a debt. It's something that you take on and you expect to be paying back over the years later on. And so um, the Pell Grant is just that. It's a federal program that gives financial aid that doesn't have to be paid back and it goes to the college in the name of the student, right? Right. Okay. And it has no requirements on the student other than you don't have any drug convictions, basically. And okay. you register for the draft. And you got to do that anyway. Okay. So the Pell Grant, it also qualifies you perhaps to get the SEOG grant. Now, what is that? Supplemental Educational Opportunity Grant. And that's an additional uh, couple of thousand dollars, I think it was, last year. Okay. And again, that is a grant. It does not need to be paid back. And it's from the federal government. Right. Okay. It can also qualify you for some state grants and money. For example, one of our sons went to a private school within North Carolina where we live, mm-hmm. and he got a grant from our state. They they give grants to students going to private colleges to make up for the fact that they're funding the state colleges right. in North Carolina. So if you go right. to a private college in North Carolina, you can get a grant for that too. Yes. All of this stuff is grant money. It's not paid back, and it doesn't have any real requirements on the student. What and you think? Wait, okay, nothing's free. What? There's got to be some requirements. Yeah, the requirements are for the colleges, mm. and it, that's how they harass the colleges into doing some things they want them to do. And so, mm-hmm. some colleges do not accept that money. So you mentioned Grove City College, Grove in City. I think Hillsdale doesn't. I think Patrick Henry doesn't. There's so, several because they wanted to stay absolutely, totally, completely clear of any sort of government. Yeah. influence if you will so the 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 grants do not impact the students freedoms it impacts the college's freedoms right but right. the probably 99.9 percent of colleges do accept them mm-hmm. and um and we recommend if you go to one of those colleges to to take the money it's out there it's available your tax dollars are paying for it right you know this is not welfare your tax dollars paid for that stuff right so um that's that's the the easy money, okay? The, mm-hmm. All you have to do is fill out the FAFSA to get that stuff. Okay. What you need to know though is that I think a lot of people look at private colleges and say, "There's no way my child can afford to go to a private college." And now you know, I remember when I was looking at colleges back when they the diplomas were printed in, on, on wax tablets, you know. I remember people <laughs> told us old. I'm not that old, but I remember they said, "Oh, you don't don't discount going to a private college because many of them are less expensive. They will cost you less out of pocket than going to a state university." And I didn't believe them. I don't know why. Yeah. I, why at my 17 year old self, I thought I had the wisdom to say, "No, that's not true." 
But I didn't believe them. But it is true. In fact, a lot of colleges have huge endowments that they use for financial aid. Um, our fifth son is going to Berea College. Berea College is a is a work college. There's a few work colleges left. Yes. Where the students all have a job on campus, mm-hmm. and they pay no tuition. So, like Berea College in Kentucky, uh, College, college of, the of the Ozarks, Ozarks is another one. Yeah. I think Cooper Union in New York, I believe, yeah. is is a, a work study college, if I'm not mistaken. And so that's an option, a work study college where. Mm-hmm. The kids work on campus, and the endowment pays for their tuition, and their work pays for their tuition. Mm-hmm. Um, Warren Wilson College, I think, might be that way, too. I'm not sure. For North, North Carolina residents, it is. Okay. All right. And so there are options like that. Also, some of the elite private colleges have enormous endowments. They've got Some of those colleges have endowments greater than third world nations' whole budget. I'm I mean, serious. Like one of our sons went to, um, went to an elite private college. Mm-hmm. And y'all, George Washington made a donation back in the 1700s to this college. And his donation is still paying part of kids' tuition. Isn't that incredible? George Washington paid for part of our kids' education. That's remarkable. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, some of these things, like I know that the university he went to had this great big monster donation that came in just as he was coming in as a freshman. This was perfect timing. And the donor said, I don't want this to go to a building. I don't want it to go to a field house for the, for the uh, athletic department. I want this to go purely for student tuition. Use it for financial aid only. And I think, I think everybody in the freshman class was on at least a half scholarship. I don't know. And they, they gave out bucket loads of full ride scholarships that year. I think ten percent of the freshman class at this elite private mm-hmm. college, ten percent of the freshman class was on a full ride scholarship. So the point being, there's a lot of money in the private schools. And there's benefits to the private schools that you may prefer anyway because smaller class size, more intimate campus, all that kind of thing. Don't discount the possibility. In fact, I remember when we ran the numbers for for our oldest son, it was going to be less expensive for him to go to this elite private university than it would have been for him to live at home and commute to the nearest state college. Yes. It was cheaper for him to go to the top drawer. So, Isn't that funny? Yeah, so and, th- well, this a, lo- a lot of these upper-level private colleges have what's called a no-loan policy. Right. And if you don't know what that is, you can think, oh, no, that means I can't even get a loan to go to this college. No, what that no, means no, no, no. is, okay, when you, when you fill out the FAFSA, you'll get a number back called the EFC, the Expected Family Contribution. Mm. And how we need to take a break and talk about our sponsors. So let's take a break and we'll talk, pick this up after the break. All right. So stay tuned. We're going to continue talking about finding financial aid and funding so your student can go to that college. Okay. We'll be right back. From the creators of War Room. You need to do your fighting in prayer. On August 23rd, the Kendrick brothers return to the big screen with Overcomer. Why have a season with one runner? One runner matters. John Harrison is a frustrated coach questioning his value until he crosses paths with a student struggling on her own journey. What have you allowed to define you? When you find your identity in the one who created you, you'll change your whole perspective. 
Overcomer. In theaters August 23rd, starring Alex Kendrick, Priscilla Shirer, and Sherry Rigby. Rated PG, parental guidance suggested. For tickets and showtimes, visit OvercomerMovie.com. Is that? That's Hannah. FAFSA, some colleges will also ask them to fill out the profile, which is similar to the FAFSA, but it's run by the college board. Is that another acronym? I have no idea what it stands for. I think it is, but I don't know what it stands for. Okay. But the profile is more detailed and asks for more information about your businesses and all this. Right. Mm -hmm. When you fill out the FAFSA, you'll get back a number called the EFC, the Expected Family Contribution. That's basically what the college calculates you should be able to afford to pay, right? Right. So your EFC may say zero. We don't think you can afford to contribute to your kid's education. Or it might say $1,200. We think you can contribute $1,200 a year or $12,000. But you'll get back what 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 the government calculates you should be able to contribute to your child's education. Okay. Now, if you have two kids applying... Then in each of their FAFSAs, you'll note that you have another kid going to college, and they will divide your EFC. And so if you would normally say, okay, we can afford $2,000, it'll be $1,000 per child. So what a a no-loan college does is it looks at that expected family contribution, and it says, that's all you have to pay. Everything else we will cover with financial aid in grants, not loans that you don't have to pay back. Okay. You know, and that, so a no loan policy that some of these uh, private schools with big endowments have can be a wonderful thing. Now, how do you get this money? Mm-hmm. People say all the time, how do I find scholarships? And they're looking for scholarships and $200 from here and $300 from there. And that's you know, not how you get scholarships. That's that's like collecting rain in buckets. You, know, you really have to... You, the best place to find significant money, because you're talking a significant expense, and $200 is... I mean, that's, that's, that's a single book sometimes. Yeah. And so you need a big chunk of money to help you afford this, and the big chunks reside at the colleges. Yes. And so... Don't you don't have to go look for a bunch of outside scholarships. What I didn't understand is that when your child gets outside scholarships, a thousand dollars here, five hundred dollars here, mm-hmm. the college actually will subtract that money from their financial aid. Mm-hmm. And so, where you get the big scholarships is from the colleges themselves. And how do you do that? Right. You go you go to the college's website and you go to financial aid and you click on scholarships and you look at the scholarships they have available and how do you apply. And the reason that we're posting this in August is now's the time. If you have a senior, yes, you could. You might, some colleges you can apply to it for, to for admission till next March, but their scholarship deadline is probably before Christmas. In fact, some scholarship deadlines are in the are at the end of September, beginning of October, November, December. Okay, now let, let's interject something here. Um, the students don't have to make a commitment to a college until April 30th. April 30th, okay. 
And you know what? Those scholarships and financial aid are a recruiting tool. And so you don't have to have, you, you know, I know exactly the college I'm going to go to. I've made my decision. I've made my commitment. You don't need to do that. In fact, don't do that. Before you start looking for financial aid. Oh, we tell our kids, don't fall in love with the college until you see the financial aid package. Because, see, what we saw with several of our guys is they were good candidates at, at a number of schools. And they were waiting to get the, the full financial aid package. We'll see, maybe January would come around and they would get an offer from a college. It wouldn't be enough to go to, so they couldn't commit to that yet. But they would find out that as the spring went on, the colleges would often contact them and say, oh, we found another scholarship, or here's another grant offer. And by the end of that time, by the time April rolled around, sometimes a college that started out with a, you know, a, a reasonable but you know, insufficient offer had, had bumped it up into a full-ride offer. So don't well, don't don't overcommit early. You wait until you yeah. they put all of their cards on the table. Let's back up just a little bit. Sure. If you're looking for money, you need to apply to a lot of colleges. When Helen and I applied to college, people often applied to one to three colleges. I applied to one. I applied to three, I think. Mm. Four maybe. Wow. But I went to a I went to a boarding school for gifted kids and it was really pushy. Yeah. But if you now if you want money you probably ought to apply to more like 10 colleges because scholarships are a recruiting tool and Mm -hmm. you don't know what the college needs. So one of our sons applied to our state university. He was majoring in in politics, political science, and he played um, French horn. Okay. Well, Maybe that, and he applied to our local state college and to a big-name private school. Well, it, may, it turns out the state college, their political science department was overcrowded. And they had, they had three kids playing French horn in their, in their band. Whereas the pri- private college, their last French horn graduated, and they got a, just got a new professor of political science, and they needed more kids in that department. And so you don't know what the college's needs are, and that's why you have to apply to, to, if you've got to have money, you apply to a lot of colleges. Well, that was a learning for me because I always thought the race went to the swift, and I didn't realize that colleges are building a freshman class like a coach is building a sports team. Right. And it, it doesn't matter if you've got a wonder, if you've got a student who's a wonderful quarterback, if the coach already has three quarterbacks on the team, he doesn't need another quarterback, so he's not going to extend the scholarship offer. Same difference, just exactly what you said. They are the big state college already had that department bulging at the seams. They didn't need another poli sci major. Instead, he found a small liberal arts college that loved him. Now let's talk a minute more about this though, Hal. Yeah. So how do you pick out where to apply to? Well, first you look at their SAT scores and you take the SAT and the ACT both in their junior year. Because that will tell you which one they score better on mm-hmm. and will give you an idea of the range of colleges to apply to. Right. Because if you do apply to a college where your scores are in the lower th- lower fourth of scores, you may, you may possibly get in, but you're not going to get a scholarship. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, apply to one dream, one dream school where your scores are maybe not where they ought to be for that school. 
But in a plot of one safety, where your scores are in the very top of the range for that school, mm-hmm. school now you can find that out at College Board, okay? At collegeboard.org. You can search on the colleges and find out their range of scores. Mm-hmm. Apply to a couple of safeties where you're, you're sure to get in and sure to get money. And then look at a lot of colleges where you're right in the range at the or at the upper part of the range. Mm-hmm. And that's how you're going to know where you fit. Then practice, 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 practice. Do practice tests for the ACT or the SAT until you can score the best you possibly can. Because that's going to open the door for scholarship days. Mm-hmm. The, t- the things they're going to look at, they're going to look at your transcript, right? your SAT or ACT scores, or some colleges are now um, the classical, the CLT yeah. um, test. Yes. They're going to look at your scores, so your transcript, your scores, your resume. That's where mm-hmm. you put down all the interesting things you've done outside of school. Right. The business your kids started, the clubs they're in, the athletics they do, all that. Everything that makes them interesting. And the essay. The personal essay is absolutely critical. Mm -hmm. That's how they find out who you are. And tell a story. Mm -hmm. Show them what makes you interesting, what makes you different. Um, Don't be trite. Don't be smart mouth. But show them, you know, what makes you special. Mm-hmm. And that's in the essay. So they look at those things, and then they will send out invitations to their scholarship day. That's and, their scholarship competition. And, and trust me, if you have any thought that you might attend that college, you must attend. If you do not go to scholarship day, you will not get a scholarship. Mm-mm. That's where they make the decisions. If you go to scholarship day, then you are likely to get some kind of scholarship, maybe not a full ride, but at least something. Go to the scholarship day. Now, scholarship days, every college handles it differently. Mm-hmm. It's a combination of them trying to sell you on the college and of them trying to figure out who to offer the scholarship to. So you are you are getting the grand tour of the college because they want to sell the concept of you attending there. But at the same time, they're interviewing you. Yes. So that that's something to be aware of and. And watch your step. You know, I've heard of colleges that uh, let the let the upperclassmen entertain the incoming freshman prospects, and sometimes um, sometimes some illicit activity went on, and kids showed up for the interview with a hangover, and boy, they got marked off real quick. Don't don't fall into the trap. Hopefully, their kids aren't going to do that. No, I but but you may you're likely to be interviewed by the student is likely to be interviewed by a professor or a panel of professors. Mm-hmm. They may write an essay. They may be interviewed by a panel of students, right? But it's a way to weed it down. And that is a great opportunity for homeschool students to shine because homeschool students are very comfortable talking to adults. Mm-hmm. And one of our sons, when he went to the scholarship day, he got a call from the president of the college a week or two later. And he said, he said, I'm so sorry I didn't get to meet you on scholarship day. I was out of town. But when I got back, the two professors that interviewed you were waiting in my office. And they told me that if I didn't give you our top scholarship, they were going to look for a job but another college because you were the kind of man we needed our college. Wow. 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 So that interview won him the scholarship, and he's going to be graduating debt-free next year. Mm-hmm. And so scholarship days you must go to. And 
so let's say you you've gotten the financial aid package you got some money from the government you got some grants from the college some scholarship from the college there's still a little bit of gap what do you do you can work one of our kids got enough aid to cover his tuition but it didn't cover his living expenses and he had enough to cover the first year in the dorm after that he moved off campus he lived in a dump a mm-hmm. little tiny upstairs apartment a horrible little place <laughs> and he cooked all his own food he mm-hmm. ate as cheaply as possible and he worked mm-hmm. and he graduated debt free and so you can do this folks right this is doable if you've got a child who god has gifted for a professional career don't discourage them from following what god has gifted them to do there are ways to do this without debt and those ways are you might have to cobble together a bunch of different stuff you Mm -hmm. can go to a work college you can go to a no loan college you can work Mm -hmm. you can um do work study on campus or work off campus you can work virtually one of our kids worked as a virtual assistant um, so he was able to work from his apartment. Mm-hmm. You can get Pell Grant, an SEOG grant from the government. You can get right. state grants. You can get scholarships from the college. There's a lot of ways to get a kid of good character mm-hmm. and give him money for undergraduate and for graduate. One of our kids is working on a doctorate right now, and he has a fellowship. So they are paying for his tuition and paying his living expenses for him and his young family. How did that happen? Well, he asked him because he it's a kind of liberal college where he's going. And he said, clearly, you knew I was a conservative when you invited me. Why did you invite me? And they said, actually, you are the first person we accepted. He said, really? Why? And they said, two things. Your writing sample was what we would expect of a third or fourth year graduate student, not a senior in college. And the second thing is your recommendations from your professors were just out of this world they were they convinced us we had to have you at our college okay so that and that's the other part i didn't mention recommendation letters yes are are a part of your application an important part of your application right but they tell the student this is someone with an unusual mind and good character Mm -hmm. and that's what colleges want they want somebody that's going to contribute to the college while they're there and when they're gone Yes. And so I I just encourage you, if if God has gifted your child in this direction, Mm -hmm. don't be afraid. The Lord will provide. And and don't eliminate yourself. You know, when you you look at that and you say, you know, I just don't have the the money to do that. There is money available. You just think, (laughs) well, I just don't don't know if, you know, I could never attain to that. You may be surprised. So, So always, you know, consider... Ask, apply, you know, and, and I've seen this with our with our guys too in other in other situations as well. That they were audacious enough to apply for something that if you just you know just looked at it cold, you think, oh, there's no way that's going to happen. And they got in. They were welcomed with open arms. So if the don't Lord, eliminate yourself. If the Lord wants your child to do it, He'll make it possible. Mm-hmm. One of our kids wanted to study abroad at Oxford University. It was his dream. Didn't seem possible, y'all. The Lord provided his scholarship at college, covered it. Mm. And so he was able to study abroad at Oxford for an entire year. 
and it was all covered. And so trust the Lord to provide what your child needs. Mm -hmm. We need Christian doctors and lawyers and engineers. Mm -hmm. We need Christians in academia. And we aren't going to have that if people don't send their kids to college. The kids that are gifted in that direction. Right. And so don't be afraid. Trust the Lord. He will provide. He is the provide. He is our provider. So that's a lot of information. Go back and listen to it. You know, you can hear us on our show page and go back to the archives. Go to halandmelanie.com slash radio. That's where you can find the most recent and all of the archives. And you know what, Hal? We have a downloadable that will help them to do this. Yes. Go to raisingrealmen.com slash college decision for that free package of information about financial aid, about the application process, and so much more. It will be on the show page at Hal and Melanie. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E dot com slash radio. That's where our archives are. All right. Okay, so uh, stick around. Let me get to that URL, but we hope that you will join us again when we talk more about living a biblically ordered family life and how you can make the timeless values of Scripture a reality in your own home. Until and, next time, yes. Hey, and would you please go review us on whatever service you use, iTunes, Spotify, Our Heart Radio. Please review us, tell your friends about us, mm-hmm. and we love meeting you guys at conferences and things. So if you want us to come speak in your area, go to howlandmelanie.com mm-hmm. and give send that URL to your friends and your conference organizers and church family. Okay, great. Well, look, hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. All right, thanks. Bye-bye now. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Hal and Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.